just because something that God has given you got some flaws, that does not mean it's not from God. Five seven five zero. The Reluctant King, Part Three. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. And today, this is Part Three of a series called The Reluctant King. In Part One, I talked about how God opened it up to me that there were places He wanted to take me, positions He wanted to seat me in, but I was reluctant to go there. And he said, there are others within the sound of your voice who are also reluctant kings. So I know there are at least two people, a bare minimum of two. And God wants to take you to an elevation. But for whatever reason, you're reluctant to move and to go there. And you will not get what God has destined for you until you make up your mind that I'm going to accept this. And I'm going to move in the path and in the places that God has for me. That was part one. Part two was actually called Boys to Men. And as I did as God instructed and studied the reluctant king, which was Saul, I saw a pattern first with Eli, who trained the prophet Samuel, who then went and anointed Saul. I saw that both Eli's and Samuel's sons went haywire and did evil in the sight of God. And here were the two most powerful preachers in the land, and yet their children turned out terrible. And that sermon was entitled, Boys to Men. It's a part of moving to throneship. You have to also consider legacy. And you have to consider what you leave and how you leave in your seed. Because actually, sometimes God is more concerned about the seed than he is about you. Your seed is the thing that will carry on. And if you don't have your seed right, you produce a multiplication of just mess. And as I was driving and listening just to the chapter 1 Samuel chapter 8 and I went back and listened to the sermon part one of the reluctant king is sermon number 5748 on brothers of the go and listen to the sermon it will bless you but I want to just read 1 Samuel when Samuel grew old he appointed his sons as judges for Israel the name of his firstborn was Joel and the name of the second was Abijah and they served at Beersheba But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. So all of the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us such as all the other nations have. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord and the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods. So they are doing to you. 
Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will do. Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, this is what the king who will reign over you will do. He will take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and others to plow his ground and reap his harvest, and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vintage and give it to his officials and attendants. Your men servants and maid servants and the best of your cattle and donkeys he will take for his own use. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you yourselves will become his slaves. When that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen. And the Lord will not answer you in that day, but the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. When Samuel heard all the people said, he repeated it before the Lord. The Lord answered, listen to them and give them a king. Then Samuel said to the men of Israel, everyone go back to his town. And that's what I listened to over and over and over as I made that drive this morning. And revelation began to pour because, first of all, I said the people were right. Because Samuel's sons, they were taking unjust money, they were taking bribes, and they were perverting justice. And what this means is, if they were the judge, if you slipped them a Benjamin, they would sway the judgment your way. You all understand? If you slipped them something rolled up under the table... They would make a ruling in your favor. And the people knew this. So the people knew that Samuel's sons could be bought. That they were crooked. So I said to myself, wait a minute. They hollered for a king because they did not trust Samuel's sons. But yet when they went and told Samuel and Samuel went to God. God says, they have not rejected you they have rejected me. And I'm sitting there, I said, wait a minute. They were corrupt. So they were really rejecting a corrupt priesthood. Yet God said, they have not rejected you. They have rejected me. And I had to puzzle over this because it did not make logical, natural sense. In the logical and in the natural, it looked like the folk were right because I wouldn't want to unjust judge over me either. I wouldn't want to go to court where the judge could be bought unless I was buying the judge. (laughs) Do you understand? I wouldn't want to go to court like that. And somebody else I know could buy this judge off. I would want a fair, impartial judge, but yet they were dealing with men who they could not trust. But yet God told them they've not rejected Samuel. They've rejected him. And I had to really think about this thing and ask God about this thing. Why in the natural when it seems like the people were actually doing the correct thing in reality God says look they're doing the same thing they did before when they forsake me and went after other gods after I brought them out of Egypt after I did all this stuff they still turned their backs on me. Why did God 
condemn the folk who were really just rejecting an unjust priesthood. And as I began to think about that thing, God simply said, you've got the example of me right here in the car. Now, I'm on 42 now, the program at do42.com, and in the middle of where you can only eat steamed food and just raw vegetables and fruits. So I had a whole pile of fruit in my car, and I'm going to show you what I did. This is what a plate prepared from the food I had in the car. This plate represents God's stuff. Now, I pulled over, went through a drive-thru, and I got this plate. This plate represents worldly stuff. And I began to see the example of what God meant. Now, when Samuel's two sons were ruling and Samuel was ruling, Samuel's two sons were not honest, but they were appointed by God. They weren't honest, but they were appointed by God. And when the people ask for a king, and understand this, try to get this picture. First of all, the vast majority of the folk never went to court. Most of y'all haven't even been to court in the last 10 or 20 years. Some of you have never been in a courtroom. I have. I've actually been in a courtroom dealing with a real estate case. That's a whole sermon on just that case. But I've been in court several times because if you're in business, stuff will happen. I've been in court. Most folk have never actually been in an actual court case where they were one of the litigants or either one of the defendants. Most folk have never been in court. It's the same way back in the times of Israel, in the ancient times. Most of the folk didn't deal with the judge. They didn't have to go before the unjust judge to get a judgment. But Samuel gave the people God's word. And the folk knew that Samuel had a word from God. His word was just way beyond our prophetic ability today. They knew that Samuel heard from God. And Samuel told him, look, this is what's going to happen to you if you get the king that you asked for. He's going to take your sons. He's going to take your daughters. He's going to tax you to no end, and you're going to become his slave. The men God had placed over him, they were unjust for a season. And see, Samuel's son down the road straightened up. See, God knew the whole picture. Man only could see what was happening right then and there. God knew the whole picture. Because I can tell you right now, some of you all right now not straight. There was a point when I was not fit to be in a pulpit. So God knew at a point, and I was getting the prophecy after prophecy that you're going to be in a church. Well, I ain't, that ain't, you know, man, do you know who I am? Are you kidding me? Man looks at what is. God looks at what shall be. And there's a big difference. So God could see the whole picture. God could see, yeah, they look crooked right now. They're accepting a few hundred or a few thousand dollars on the side. But it's only affecting a very small number of you. If you get what you want, all of you are going to be slaves. All of you are going to be in bondage. You're going to not just lose just the little money that it may cost in a court case or two here or there. You're going to lose your sons. You're going to lose your daughters. You're going to lose a percentage of your vineyards, of your crop. You're going to lose all of this stuff. But the folk couldn't see that. And they said, give us somebody to rule over us, even if it does make us a slave. And as I looked at this plate of food, Corn, salad, tomatoes, bananas, mango, and this plate of food. This is a bacon, cheese, and egg sandwich. 
these are hash browns. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to be just straight honest with you. I had to let my top down when I put this in the car because it was smelling up my car, and I was getting hungry. I'm going to just tell you the truth. The world stuff is appealing. I'm not going to sit here and deny that. And see, this is bacon, and this bacon is fried. This egg just laid to the side. Oh, that, that cheese just melted. This stuff good. I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is horrible. No, this stuff good. <laughs> these hash browns. I mean, you break these hash browns and you can just see. This stuff good. <laughs> now, the problem is with God's stuff, it's not as appealing as that. It's clean. It's healthy. You'll be light and fresh once you finish with it. I mean, it's a whole different vibe, but it doesn't have that kind of appeal. But the difference is, if you eat a whole lot of this, in 20 years, you still be moving strong and powerful. If you eat a whole lot of this, this will fatten you up, clog you up, and slow you up. But it's good. So oftentimes, the problem that we have is we see the immediate, and sometimes There will be an immediate difficulty, but God has destined us for a different path. And that which God has placed for us, we want to sometimes ignore that because our natural wisdom may say, no, this is better. The folk had a few instances with Samuel's sons, and they said, give us what the other nations got. And people, that can always mess you up when you're trying to get what other folk got. Because first of all, you don't know what's going on with other folk. And sometimes you get in the other nation, you get on the other side of the fence to the other person's grass. It's not as green as you thought it was. And just because somebody else has something, it makes us want the thing, not realizing that what somebody else has, when you get on the inside, that thing is not quite as good as we thought it was. See, this food goes down easy, but it comes out hard. It goes down easy, but it comes out hard. This food hard to get rid of. It will clog you up. It's hard to get rid of. You got to go take some X-Lax, some mineral oil, some all kind of stuff. And sometimes it don't even come out. It goes down easy, but it comes out hard. And sometimes that's the way of the stuff of the word. It gives us a temporary. And Samuel told the folk, if you get this king, the bottom line is... You will be his slave. And the people voluntarily went into slavery. Voluntarily went into slavery. It's a mentality that unless we understand the path of God, and even though it may have some bumps and it may not look as appealing to the things of the world, whenever it is God's path, it's always going to be better for us in the long run. It always will. And as I even pondered about this thing of how it relates to us, and when God has told you about a destiny, see, there are some things that really you know right off the bat, this is not God. You know without question, this is not God. Sometimes if you had a wonder, ask just, is this God or not? And some of this stuff, we know right off the bat, this is not God. When you get ready to cuss that person out, ask yourself, is this God? And you know right off the bat, this is not God. 
when some of you all done slip right in the corner, it's late at night, and you're getting ready to unbuckle some stuff, ask yourself, is this God? Ask yourself, is this God? And, and see, the thing is, when it is not God, it may go down easy, but it comes out hard. See, you may have one night that just, woo, just every time you think about that night, you just go to smile. But all of a sudden, you make a slip up, and now you're dealing with that night for the next 18 years. Goes down easy, but it comes out hard. So you got some stuff you got to deal with and ask yourself, is this God? And if we ask ourselves that one simple question, it will help to direct and correct our lives to where we're able to move in the position of authority and royalty and power that God has destined for us. We have to make choices in life. And I can tell you one thing. Kings cannot do what other folk can do. Kings cannot do what other folk can do. And if you want to move into kingship, you see, even our credit card used to be called MasterCard. Still is. It's called Visa, and a Visa is something that allows you to move into another country and stay there for a period of time. So our two biggest cards, MasterCard and Visa, And yet, so many of us are slaves because you can never pay them off. And you become, the borrower becomes slave to the lender. And not only can you not pay them off, you're paying 25% interest on those cards. So it's got you under this burden of slavery. And the next time you get ready to swipe it, you need to ask yourself, is this God? Is this God? Seriously. And it will hold some of you from swiping because the vast majority of stuff, to be honest, we just don't need. You got more clothes than you can wear. You just don't need. Your problem is closet space. So these are some of the things that will help us move into the point of royalty where God has destined us to be. And I believe without question that we are destined for royalty. But just because we're destined for royalty, it doesn't mean you're going to make it. Because the folk were destined for the promised land, but none of them made it. And they didn't make it because of the very thing God said, because they have forsaken me after all I did for them. They still turn their back. And God placed Samuel and his family over the nation of Israel. And if they had stayed with him, even though they had flaws, and this is another one of the principles, just because something that God has given you got some flaws, that does not mean it's not from God. Because if it's coming through a human, it's got some flaws. It's just got some flaws to it. That's just bottom line. Some of you right now are praying for God to send you a husband or God to send you a wife. They got flaws, folk. I don't care who they are. They've got flaws. And if you cannot accept that when God sends you something, it's not going to be perfect, but it will be perfect for you. And when we can understand this, it changes and we won't end up being enslaved, asking for a king, something that was never supposed to be ruling over us and shackling us and chaining us up. That's why Jesus said, know the truth and the truth shall make you free. But there's another half of that verse. Yeah, do it. Knowing it will not make you free. You got to do what you know. And it sets you free. And I truly believe that we're just headed for another level. Of everything, of everything, of everything. I've been seeing it just in the time I've been out of the pulpit. Stuff has gone to another whole level. And I think it's going to keep going. And I want everybody to go with us. 
I really, really do. But you're going to have to ask yourself about some stuff in your world. Is this God? That one little simple question. How many words say, is this God? Three words. Is this God? Those three words will help to direct your life. And see, even if it's a question where you don't know, you're going to still be in pretty good shape. Because most of the time when we get off track, we know that's not God. It's not even a gray area. We know that's not God. Those three little questions, Samuel told the folk. And they knew this man was a spot-on bullseye prophet. They knew every word he spoke came to pass. If you get this king, he will make you his slave. And you know what God told Samuel? Give them what they asked for. Give them what they asked for. Give them what they asked for. What are you asking for? What are you asking for? And when we learn how to ask and learn how to receive and learn even what to ask for, because we stand always between two choices. We always have, we always will. We stand between two choices, that that the world offers and that which God offers. And the world dresses its stuff up and advertises it better. Always has, always will. So you can't go by the advertising. They've always advertised it better, always made it look better. But it always overpromises and underdelivers. God's stuff really promises a lot and delivers more than you imagine. When I follow what God tells me, I get more than I'm even expecting. I really do. I get more than I have been expecting. So for those of you who are part of the reluctant kingdom and you're reluctant kings and queens, I couldn't complete this series in three times because I haven't even gotten to Saul yet who was the reluctant king because there was so much stuff in front of Saul. It wasn't just Saul. It was all this stuff in front of Saul. And I just believe both James and I, we have throne chairs at our homes. We really do. I sit and do my prayer in a throne chair. I sit in a throne, live in a castle. And I believe you're destined for the same thing. If you open your minds, open your spirits and follow what God has for you to do. I really, really believe it. Bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the words not just today, but the words you spoke thousands of years ago. They're just as true today, just as relevant today. And even now we have reluctant kings and we have reluctant followers who really do not want to go your way. And after all you've done for us, we still forsake you and go after other idol gods. Father, I pray today that just everyone within the sound of my voice makes a decision that as they go forth and they are faced with decisions, they ask themselves, is this God? And if the answer is no, they turn and walk away. We need to know what is you and what is not. And once we are clear that we have asked the question and we're clear on the answer, give us the strength and dedication and diligence to walk the path that we should walk. In thy son Jesus' name we pray, amen. And I just heard God speak as I was praying that prayer. As you walk further and further away and disobey more and more and more, the penalties get higher. The penalties get higher. You can be a fool one time. Sometimes you get great. And you do it two times, three times, four times, five. The penalties are going to start getting higher. Y'all need to start asking, is this God? And then doing what that answer dictates. We're getting ready for some change, people. We really, really are. We've been going through the process and the preparation of it. And I'm expecting great things, more than I can think or imagine. I believe in a great God, and I believe God just got some stuff for us. And I don't think he can come on me without pouring on you. 
I just don't. So I believe it, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. And I just got to get prepared for it and be ready to receive that which God is going to bless us all with. You are listening to BrothersOfTheWord.com. This was part three of the series titled The Reluctant King by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5750. That's 5750. To listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 5750 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brothers of the world.